Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG. Uh, it's a special episode for a couple reasons. One, I say that every week. Two, uh, Jay Parker is here from the MTG Arena team. Uh, and he's someone you're going to want to get to know and ask many questions about Arena. Uh, put your questions in chat for Jay. I've also got a bunch of questions here that our social media team has been pulling for the past week that are about Arena, that are about Jay, um, and everything in between. Uh, but it's also special because we've been doing this show for a year. And Steve stepped out on me this week, and so we're <laughs> not really celebrating that this week. But no. um, that's okay, because Jay and I are going to spend this whole time talking about Arena and all the cool things happening there, and about Jay himself. Yeah. Um, Jay, why are we talking to you? What's your, what's your new position, new role? So yeah, I've been with the Arena team for a while now, a little bit over two years, mm -hmm. but uh, recently I've been uh, promoted up to be the game director for Arena. And so uh, really eager to talk to people and let everybody know, you know a little bit more about me and a little bit more about what we've got planned for Arena. Okay, and so what, is, what does it mean to be game director? Um, it basically means that uh, it's all my problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so kind of just need to uh, watch over the, the, both the development of the game and the way that fans are reacting to it and the mm -hmm. way that uh, players are engaging with it and make sure that that's all going in the ways that we like, making sure that we're getting magic out to more players and letting them have a lot of fun with the game. Okay, so if anyone's angry at you for anything arena-related, that, that's probably all, my all fault. to you. Yep. Probably your fault. Yep. Okay, cool. Probably all my fault. <laughs> we'll get to, so um, in that case, uh, why is the shuffler broken? <laughs> well, it's probably because you're a bad person. No, that's fair. Um, <laughs> no, we've actually Damn. spent a lot of time looking at the shuffler, and uh, as long as uh, my draws were going well uh, like they were this morning, then I believe <laughs> that it's perfectly fine. That was a joke question, by the way. We get it all the time. We got it from Magic Online before. Yep. It's, uh, and the answer we often see, too, is that humans are not actually very good at randomizing in real life. So when something yeah. is actually randomized, it doesn't, it doesn't jive with our previous experience. Yep. In fact, a, a friend of mine from a past job was uh, uh, delivering a paper on that very subject just mm -hmm. the other day. Um, and... Uh, he had a, a fun poll up on Facebook where he was asking people, you know, give a random sequence of 10 uh, uh, coin flips. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, don't actually flip coins. Just uh, imagine what it would be. Mm -hmm. And almost everybody gave a sequence that had uh, either five or four of each heads or tails. Sure. That's not the way randomiza Aim randomization 50, works. 50, yeah. Yep. And uh, as any Magic player knows, you will experience the other ends of that bell curve mm -hmm. and get those other draws. That was my experience yesterday where I lost <laughs> a lot. Um, but what's, what's your experience with Magic? So you've been here for two years. Yep. Did you play Magic before that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually started playing Magic back in mid-'94. Okay. Um, Fallen Empires was the first expansion. Jesus. Um, and you kept playing. Uh, mostly. Uh, <laughs> after I got into the, the game industry, uh, uh -huh. I got a little bit busy for some reason. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really know how that happened. Uh, so I wasn't able to play nearly as much as I wanted. Mm -hmm. It's actually one of the reasons that makes me super excited to be working on Arena, because this is kind of exactly the product that I wanted that whole time, mm -hmm. right? A way that made it a lot easier when I didn't have the time to get out to my LGS or get friends together for, you know, a fun night. Yeah. But uh, still a way to touch in with the game and keep, be able to keep playing. Okay, so what were, like, your first decks and favorite cards back then? Uh, my 
my favorite thing back then was uh, I loved Icy Manipulator, mm -hmm. and uh, I really loved uh, uh, Icy Manipulator and Royal Assassin. Oh yeah, which you know is hardly the strongest thing, but it just it, repeatable removal just made me smile. Yeah. Oh, back then it was like unbeatable. Yeah. I mean, you could sometimes kill the Royal Assassin, but uh, yeah. Um, so what? How would you describe yourself? Are you are you a Spike? Are you a Timmy? Do you play a lot casually? Do you play like hardcore? So the I, I'm kind of a, a odd duck in that equation where I I really love games. Mm -hmm. uh, I spend a lot of time playing all different kinds of games, uh, just getting into games as much as I can, all yeah. different kinds. And so really, when it comes to Magic, like m many other games, I want to feel out the mechanical space. Mm -hmm. I want to play a little bit of everything. I want to see how that deck works. I want to see how this other thing works. Yeah. I want to just uh, get a chance to, to try all the cool toys, see how all the crazy combos work, see how the, you know, the straightforward linear strategies play out, see yeah. how the weird stuff works. Uh, I kind of really just enjoy seeing all the different things that it can do. Okay. So how much of your job is actually, um, and I know you're kind of leading mm -hmm. the arena team, but how much of your job is actually playing arena that you have to sit down and be like, okay, I need to test out this thing or I need to play this interaction to make sure everything's working There's right. a good bit of that. Um, you know, a lot of the, one of the things that uh, is sort of part of my role as game director is, you know, making sure that everything has the right level of final polish and all before mm -hmm. it goes out to players. So there's a lot of reviewing things that way. And, uh, of course, I spend a lot of time at home playing it just so that I... It's really easy when you're working on a game to lose sight of the way that players are interacting with the mm -hmm. game. And so I like to spend a lot of time at home playing it as well, just so I make sure that I keep uh, that player perspective as much in my mind as I can. Yeah. Also touch in with you know, forums and Reddit and all the other kind of uh, social medias so that I can understand how other players are uh, engaging with it too. Okay. So how, how long have you been making games? Uh, I've been making games for about 20 years now. Okay. I um, started off as a programmer uh, way back in the day and did that for uh, five or six years. Then uh, was a designer for a long time, and then more recently, it's been kind of a mix between being a designer and leading teams. Okay, uh, where were you before Wizards of the Coast? Uh, immediately before here, I was uh, working in mobile gaming. Mm -hmm. With uh, started off in a company uh, in Seattle called Z2, that then got acquired by King. And uh, before that, I was at a couple other companies doing uh, uh, console gaming, PC gaming, mm -hmm. um, kind of all over the space. Sure. All right. So now we're going to get into some some game specifics, programming specific kind of stuff. Uh, again, if you have questions, put them in chat. I've written down a couple so far, uh, but I'll I'll throw them at Jay so he doesn't expect them. We we briefed him on these ones beforehand. So <laughs> if you want to throw him any curveballs, put them in chat, and I will throw them right at Jay's face. Um, let's start with this. What has been the hardest card to implement on Arena? Certainly one of the, the trickiest was uh, Nicol Bolas from War. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Obviously the card has a, a lot going on. He's got everything that other, every other Planeswalker has going on, uh, as long as they're on the battlefield alongside him. Um, which, you know, the complexities in getting the, uh, just almost every aspect of the card. Complexities in getting him to uh, be performant in the first place particularly when uh, you're pulling off the uh, Bolas-Jace uh, Cunning Castaway combo, and so you get mm. 
lots and lots of him around. Mm -hmm. um, early on, each of them had a copy of all of the abilities that the other ones had, and then those had a copy of all the... Oh, yeah. I see, yeah. Yeah, so that was something that we needed to fix, because that yep. didn't really work out very well. <clears throat> so there was a lot that needed to happen there. Uh, for a long time, Bolas was uh, uh, playing Ventriloquist and stealing other Planeswalkers' voices when he was using their abilities. <laughs> Because of the way that we were uh, tagging the VO yeah. lines onto the abilities, okay. so you know he would uh, steal other people's lines, and uh, that that wasn't quite right either. Um, Might be entertaining, though. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely different. Yeah, and then uh, just lots of other tiny little pieces of that card that uh, meant that there were a lot of details to get polished off right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he was kind of an important card to get right for the set. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a prominent member in mm -hmm. the, the set and the story, and so we felt like, you know, if he had uh, evil plans for the Gatewatch and for Ravnica, had some evil plans for our dev team as well. <laughs> but in the end, uh, it seems he like the good guys everything. won. everything. Uh, what other cards were problematic? Um, uh, another one from War was Finale of Promise. Okay. <clears throat> Bolas was one of the ones that we largely saw coming. You could yeah. just read the card and we're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's going to be a long period of time for somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Finale of Promise was one that uh, surprised us. Um, but there was a lot of complexities, particularly with getting the, the multiple copies up on the stack and uh, being able, like, Initially, you couldn't tell which cards you were targeting for when you had multiple uh, copies up there on the stack. And oh, sure. Just lots of other details around that card as well, making it work right, making sure that we got all the bugs ironed out, making sure that it was clear for players what they were doing at what part of the process. Mm -hmm. That was another one that uh, uh, we like to tease people around. As we were looking over future sets, uh, we were saying, okay, well, where's the hardest card? Okay, well, let's make sure to give that to Aaron, the same guy who had Finale of Promise, because <laughs> he deserves it. That was nice of you. Uh, what Now, talk a little bit about, um, you know, you're talking about some of these card interactions. Yeah. Jace and Nicol Bolas, uh, Finale of Promise and Instance and Sorceries. Uh, what... How does the game's rule engine help you guys identify problematic interactions? Yeah, we're getting to a place where we can leverage that more and more. Um, we have actually, a, a, so it's helping both us where we've got a system where uh, the uh, rules engine, we call it the GRE, mm -hmm. um, will run uh, uh, thousands of games each night against itself, um, making ridiculously bad decisions, but that's fine. Because mm -hmm. really what we're looking for there is having it squeeze out bugs and things like that. Yep. We'll throw all the you know sort of top deck lists at it and have it run through thousands of those matches every night and uh, use that as a way to see what problems we need to get in front of. Mm -hmm. It's also uh, been helping out more broadly around the studio. We're starting to do uh, uh, ingest the new sets from R and D earlier and earlier in the process, mm. and that's helping call out some places where like, hey, you know, templating on this kind of ability changed a little bit because. <clears throat> GRE knows how to understand these cards, but doesn't quite read this one. Was that a change that we wanted to make here for some beneficial reason? Is that mm -hmm. something that we need to fix up in editing? Things like that. So it's also helping uh, more broadly in the studio identify different ways that we can uh, make cards more clear and work better for players. Okay. Um, now let's go back to things that have caused you problems. Oh, yes. Uh, what about mechanics? 
Um, let's see. Uh, split cards are something that we always have a lot of fun with. Okay. Um, it always seems like uh, you know we'll we'll fix a bug and then um, we'll see something similar to it happen again, and we're like, wait, wait, we fixed. We didn't check that with split cards. <laughs> ah, well, that's different. Um, you know, it's a uh, different time. Split cards need to be treated as sort of the whole card. Mm -hmm. They need to be treated as left half, right half. Uh, lots of different ways that you have to make sure you're looking at them in the proper context. Yeah. And so that has definitely been uh, tricky to deal with. Um, another one that's really sort of interesting and sort of arena specific is the all the different ways that cards can change. Uh, you know, in paper, we've got all these different cards that look different. You know, planeswalkers look different than a creature, mm -hmm. different than a legendary creature, etc. Um, and in arena, they look different that way as well. And all of these things can change. Yeah. So, you know, you can take a planeswalker and then you activate a Sarkin and now it's a creature. And then I've made that guy, you know, legendary. So now he's got a different frame. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I took a token creature that previously was a, a full art token and I grafted an ability onto it and so now he's got a text box. Yeah. And then I made him legendary too. And it turns out there's a wide array of different combinations of uh, the ways that these different abilities can interact and uh, different ways that the card can need to look right. Um, you know, even down to like getting the, the ordering on the pin lines just right for different kinds of lands and mm -hmm. things like that as they shift and change what kinds of mana they can produce. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different complexities there in keeping all of that uh, dynamic and accurate to the what players are familiar with from the cards. Okay. Now, when you're layering those the different visual effects on cards, were there any that stuck to, out to you as, as funny or entertaining, kind of like the Nicol Bolas voice thing? Oh, wow. We've had... Yeah. There's been a lot of really weird combinations that things get to, uh, text appearing in weird random places around the card. Um, sometimes cards that uh, we had a bug not too long ago where, what was it, if you took a, a full art token and you grafted certain combinations of abilities onto it, then suddenly it's like, nope, I'm just going to be a full card on the battlefield because that's how I want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, lots of complexities there in getting those to, to end up in the right place. Okay. Um, let's talk bugs. Yeah. What, uh, you know, you've mentioned, you mentioned a, a few with, with the visual effects and with Nicol Bolas, but what, what bugs have really given you a hard time? <laughs> so there's one bug that uh, we've, uh, has come back two or three times. Luckily, we're fairly certain that we've squashed it for good, but uh, the kind of ridiculous, deals with uh, localization. So obviously we've got uh, Arena in a wide variety of different languages, mm -hmm. and like a lot of companies as they do this, we use Excel to manage you know, all the different languages. So yeah. for any given string, there's you know, eight, nine, 10 different copies of it for the different languages. Um, and Excel is usually a pretty nice tool for that, but you can run into some tricky spots. For example, when we're thinking about the text for different kinds of counters, mm -hmm. Well, when Excel sees a, a cell that has plus one slash plus one in it, yeah. Excel's got thoughts about what that ought to be. Yeah, it's like, hey, I can help you out. Positive one divided by positive one. Yeah. I know what that is. <laughs> I can simplify this down. That's just the number one. Yeah. And so on multiple occasions, our, uh, the text for plus one plus one counters has turned into just being one counters. 
And the, I think it was the second or third time I saw that I, I chatted to one of the, the engineers on the team, just flames on the side of my face. <laughs> and uh, we, we feel like we've gotten that licked so that it's never going to come back. We've actually put in a oddly large amount of logic into our uh, loc file ingestion process to make yeah. sure that things like that can't happen. But it's just a great example of how uh, complexity lies in interesting and unexpected places. Well, especially in something that is designed to help you out and make things easier. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, Excel, Excel knows what you mean. Yeah, knows exactly what you wanted there. <laughs> um, how much time does it take to implement a a whole card set, so you can use Warm's yeah, card, for it's, example. It's a pretty big process, and War in particular, that was a that was a larger set. Yeah, um, lots of the lots of planeswalkers there. Um, you know, new things like their static abilities, just even down to the new frames for them to support mm -hmm. the static abilities. The average set, um, you know, it, it takes most of the time between the sets. Okay. So it's generally it's a multi-month process to get the sets built. A um, lot of different groups involved. You know, we've got the, the rules backend engineers making sure that uh, you know, all the rules of the game are followed properly. We've got the uh, engineering team and the UX team that works with the presentation of the cards and the client to make mm -hmm. sure that, hey, as you're casting this card, as you're you know, using these new mechanics, like when you go to proliferate, right? Using war as an example. Um, you know, how do we make sure that players understand what's going on here? How do we make sure that if you're proliferating and you've got a really wide board, you don't have to click 85 different times to mm -hmm. get all of your, you know, your little sapperlings or whatever, getting their counters properly? So uh, lots of complexities that come in there. And of course, a huge amount of work for the art team, especially with a set like War with all those planeswalkers. Getting all of the, the effects across all of those planeswalkers was a really huge task. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the team pulled that off really beautifully. Um, it's a, uh, a lot of fun to play, and uh, I was very excited to see all the Planeswalkers sort of be shown off in the proper glory. Yeah. What set would you say um, of, of the ones that Arena mm -hmm. has done has given you guys the most trouble? Um, it's either War or Dominaria. Okay. Um, Dominaria, of course, with all the legendaries, had a lot of stuff at Uncommon that players were like, wait, wait, this isn't Uncommon? Mm -hmm. And so all of that complexity, you know, is more fun for us. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, War, like I said as well, that was another one that uh, there's just a lot going on with the set, both from um, particularly tricky cards, like we were talking about Bolas and Finale of Promise before, mm -hmm. the different set mechanics, all the different planeswalkers. And, you know, it was a culmination of a whole lot of story buildup mm -hmm. for, uh, for Magic in general. And so also really wanted to set a really high bar for making sure that the, the set came off really well. And, you know, we always like to throw in little touches, like I'm not sure how many players have noticed, but when Planeswalkers die on a war battlefield, you can actually see their spark escape and fly off into the sky. Yeah, that is a really cool touch. And so, you know, I like to get in those little features as well, just okay. to help sell things. All right. Uh, we've got a couple questions coming in from chat. Um, what what is the news on rotation? What's happening with rotation? Sure, that's, that's coming up for those who are newer. Maybe mm -hmm. you started playing with Arena and you've never yeah. been through rotation before. So the standard format uh, every year and the fall-ish time when we release the new fall set, fall in the northern hemisphere. Um, mm -hmm. So that's arch codename archery right yep. now. Um, 
uh, standard rotates. So mm -hmm. a year's worth of cards rotates out of the format and are no longer legal to play in standard, and we add a new set. Uh, so we've never dealt, Arena's relatively That's right. new, so we've never dealt with the rotation. Um, so what, what's happening? Yeah, well, uh, there's going to be a lot that's happening with Arena for uh, rotation. Um, we're, uh, we've got a lot of fun things planned. Um, don't want to get into all the details around that just yet. There'll be more stuff coming, um, some with M20's launch and some shortly thereafter, but just mm -hmm. for a couple of top lines. Um, you know, of course, you're going to be keeping all of your cards. You're still going to be play, able to play with all of your cards however you want to. Um, we'll be introducing a new format for Arena. Okay. Uh, when rotation hits, that uh, will allow you to continue playing with all of those other cards. And uh, we've got a lot of other fun surprises planned to help make sure that you get a little bit of a jump start on building out that new collection, getting into the new standard, and helping explore some of the fun that's going to be there uh, when that new set hits in the fall. Okay. And I'll add that uh, I know I was talking to Megan, mm -hmm. the social media and communications uh, person for Arena, and the uh, the regular update with M20, there's going to be a lot more information That's and details right. at yep. that point. And then uh, more following quickly thereafter. Yep. Um, I, I don't know what this is referring to, mm -hmm. but I'm going to ask it anyway because it seems like an innocuous question. All right. What's your favorite hat to wear? I don't wear hats. <laughs> okay. I look terrible in a hat. I do too. They don't. Yeah. I have I have a large head, and nothing fits. <clears throat> and then once it does, we have issues. Pretty permanently, I'm wearing a hoodie. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> hats don't get along with me. Okay. Um, just leak the autumn set name. No. Uh, archery. You just said it. it right? Archery. It is not called archery. That is the <laughs> code name. Um. So how closely do you work with uh, the Tabletop Studio uh, when it comes to set design? So do they ever come to you and say, hey, we're thinking about this mechanic, what do you guys we, think? Yeah, we definitely talk a lot about <coughs> what mechanics are going to be in the upcoming sets, um, mm -hmm. uh, largely so that we can you know, get ahead of some of the stuff that's going to be trickier. You mm -hmm. know, we knew that we were going to have a lot of different Planeswalkers in war, for example, for a while, um, you know, and so... As we were working on the sets leading up, we started figuring out, hey, what kind of things are we going to need to do in order to better support that? So, for example, there are some of the, you know, the improvements we made to uh, choosing how creatures attack, right? So that when you all attack, rather than declaring everything against the player, you can uh, you could select whether or not you were going for player or planeswalker. Sure. Or one of the subtler features like the the batch attacking, where when you're declaring creatures to attack. You click on one guy. You can just click on a couple other creatures as well and then pick your target. So you can kind of say, hey, this whole group, they're going that way. Mm -hmm. um, and those are some of the features that we added actually for War, but a good bit before War came out. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we talk a lot with uh, the Tabletop Studio and, so that we can be aware of what's coming up so that they can understand and we can kind of talk through what kind of situations we need to be considering with the new sets and, uh, you know, <clears throat> figure out how we can give the best interface onto those cards for players in Arena, make sure that we can make it uh, clear and work well. Okay. Um, question from chat. Um, there's a couple versions of this question, so I'll mm -hmm. ask the generic one. Uh, when is Arena coming to other platforms? Uh, so don't have anything specific to say about that right now, but uh, as, uh, as Rosewater would say, 
that's a win, not an if. Mm -hmm. We are definitely interested in getting uh, Arena out on more platforms. Basically, wherever you guys want to play Magic, we want you able to play Magic. Mm -hmm. It'll take some time to get there. Uh, I've worked on uh, you know, mobile and console and other platforms a good bit in the past. So we've got a good understanding of the complexities that are involved in the space. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we are definitely thinking in that fashion. And uh, we'll let players know as there's more to get uh, directly excited about there. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. <clears throat> do you have any plans on adding an option to disable all animation to make the game easier <laughs> to play on not top computers? No, the the place where we want to go with that, the disabling all the animations actually gets really rough because if you look at what's going on with the animations, there's a lot of uh, information that's mm -hmm. being signaled and conveyed there as well. Uh, for example, like I was talking about making proliferate work right. Yeah. One of the things we do differently with proliferate than most any other mechanic is proliferate basically auto-selects the targets that it thinks you're probably going to want to use because in most cases we can be pretty sure that, you know, hey, all of your guys, they can get additional beneficial counters. You probably want that to happen. Mm -hmm. And so to help make sure that it's clear to players that that is what's happening here, we've got proliferate VFX going off off of all those uh, uh, permanents that are targeted while you're making your uh, selections of what's going to be proliferated. Mm -hmm. um, in other cases, we'll use the VFX to help clearly signal, hey, this card doing this to that other card. Mm -hmm. So really, the answer there from the arena side is less about turning off the animations and it's more about making sure, uh, number one, that they perform as well as possible, and mm -hmm. number two, that they're not blocking gameplay. Sure. Um, you know, and definitely we listen to a lot of feedback from players, so if there are any of the animations in particular that are uh, slowing you guys down, you know, complain about it in any of the places that you guys regularly complain, we'll hear, and uh, we'll continue to make improvements that way. Okay. Uh, speaking of complaining about cards... Uh, yes. Had a couple things on Command the Dreadhorde's UI. Mm-hmm. Uh, any changes or updates to that? Or um, So I'm not sure exactly what the, the issue they're uh, concerned I, about there, yeah. there is. There's no but, specificity. But, um, you know, if you let us know what parts of that uh, are uh, causing problems, I know that there are some issues... <laughs> Sometimes I'm not certain which bugs actually made it out to players and which bugs we fixed before. I know that on some of the builds that I've seen, there have been issues with uh, it kind of flipping back and forth between graveyards as you're pulling out from different ones. Mm -hmm. So um, that has been fixed or will be fixed soon. Okay. Um, and uh, anything else uh, that's going on with uh, Command the Dreadhorde or really any other card, um, you know, just let us know what kind of issues you guys are experiencing. And as I hope you guys have seen in the past, make a priority on getting those yeah. addressed. Yeah, jump in the forums, yeah. uh, even even responding to the Arena Twitter account. Yep. Uh, that'll, the, that'll all get your attention. The feedback stuff in-game as well. I know mm -hmm. that some players are, uh, you know, sometimes dubious whether or not anybody actually reads that stuff. Trust me, they do. I do regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we've got uh, other people on the QA team that'll run through any of the bug reports there and, you know, uh, check out what's happening there, get those bugs into our system. So that's another great way to give us feedback as well. Yeah. Um, how important is that feedback to your workflow to oh, creating the product? It's, it's really critical. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really, the, it's really one of the things that I try to prioritize as much as we can. Obviously, you know, there's 
a new set that's coming out, there's always a new set that's coming out. Mm -hmm. and so we have to put a lot of uh, effort and emphasis into getting those new sets working well. There's also new features that we're always working on and improving for players. But uh, I always try to cram as much of those fixes, as much of those improvements as possible into every build. Regularly get yelled at by our <laughs> QA team and our uh, build team about pushing things right up to the limit so that we can get that one extra fix into the build <laughs> so that we can get that out to players. So yeah, getting that feedback is really critical um, because we really need to know there's so many different ways to play Magic. There's so many different combinations of things that can happen. Yeah. And uh, everybody's got their own um, you know, different decks that they like to play, different kind of mechanics that they really lean on. And so understanding where players are feeling those rough spots is really beneficial in making sure that we can sand those down. Uh, speaking of feedback, where'd that question go? Uh, Will popular one-of events become permanent if players demand it, kind of like Singleton <laughs> has? Um, well, uh, that's definitely something that uh, we are thinking a lot about. Uh, there's a lot of complexities that come into what we have available when. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things that we really like about the, the way that Arena is working right now is that you can find matches really quickly, really easily. The more different ways that we split the player base, the harder that can become. Yep. There's a lot of different factors we have to be uh, concerned about behind the scenes. But we're definitely thinking and talking a lot about how we can make sure that it, there are more ways for players to play Magic in the ways that they like to. Yeah. Um, we've gotten a couple variations of this question, so, but I think the base question is, uh, when are friendless coming? <laughs> That's another one that's a uh, uh, win, not an if, and the win is, oh my gosh, soon, really, hopefully. <laughs> um, <clears throat> again, nothing specific to announce around timing, but that's one that we understand is really important. Uh, a lot of players have a lot of friends who play Magic. They want to be able to easily play Magic with those friends, mm -hmm. and we definitely want to make that easier for players. So that's one that we're also, uh, again, not announcing anything about any specifics, but it's one that's very high on our priority list. Okay. Um, we've had a couple people asking, the, uh, what, what was in today's update? Uh, today's update was a couple of bug fixes. The <clears throat> it was the, a fix for one that the, the community has definitely let us know their feedback around with uh, this little buzzing sound that can get stuck on. Okay. So that's fixed in this update. Okay. Um, a couple other bug fixes, but mainly uh, we also put out the uh, M20 pre-order mm. in this update. So you guys can, uh, much like you could with War, uh, get in there, uh, pre-order M20. You can get uh, a sweet Chandra card, some of the premium art for that, and a really nice looking card back. Mm -hmm. um, and the card back you can actually start using right away. And of course, the cards will come uh, when M20 itself comes out which will be uh, July 2nd for Arena, because releasing it right before the 4th of July didn't really seem like the best approach. Everyone, this, this office gets a little empty the day before holidays. Yeah, and, uh, well, and uh, the, there's often... We want to have people on hand to be able to rapidly respond right after a new build comes out so that mm -hmm. we can make sure that anything that might have gone a little bit sideways gets addressed quickly. Yep. Uh, are you on Twitter? I am not. That is one place Not where I hide. Yeah, that's, that is fair. But you're listening in a lot of places. Absolutely. And uh, I'm pretty active on uh, the forums, on our Reddit, mm -hmm. uh, different places like that. 
and you know the I communicate a lot with Megan, with Lexi, with yep. all the other different voices that you guys do here on Twitter. Yeah, um, we'll, we're talking multiple times a day, and so definitely uh, I'm aware of what concerns are getting brought up in that channel, and uh, a lot of the messaging that we're putting out on that channel is you know coming from those conversations. Yeah. So the MTG Arena Twitter account. Yep. Basically, is a direct line to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Things that players are talking about there, I'm definitely going to hear about. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is an interesting question. Are there any plans to allow changing keybinds, for example, control full control modes? Yeah, that's absolutely one that we want to get to as well. Um, that's uh, something that I know can make a lot of difference in making it more comfortable and convenient for how you play a game. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one that has been on our list for a very long time. Uh, some other priorities have been fighting with it, but hopefully we'll be able to get to it soon. Okay. Uh, let's see. There are a couple questions that are more paper questions. Uh, what about multiplayer? Uh, in terms of more than two players, that's going to be a really big lift. Yeah. It's something that we'd be really interested in doing, but there are a lot of changes um, from uh, updating things on the back end to be able to properly support that, mm -hmm. from how we manage the UI... Um, you know, if you look at one of those uh, uh, pretty full board states that uh, you can get to on Arena, there aren't that many pixels that we're not using to do a thing. Right. Um, and so improving uh, the, the way that the UI is laid out so that we can get four players onto a game, that'll be a little bit before we can get uh, to something like that. Definitely yeah. a place that we'd like to go perhaps one day, but that's not something that's going to be imminent on the roadmap. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about uh, all human drafts? Ah, that's one that we talk a good bit about. Um, the from the ways that we're parsing the backend data, mm -hmm. the without something like uh, friends lists in yep. game to be able to help better coordinate around those, they would have trouble firing off at the rapidity that players are going to want them to. Okay. And so right now we're focusing on the draft experience that we can deliver really well on. Mm -hmm. But that's definitely something that we will be getting to uh, in not too distant future. It's something that okay. we have relatively high on our priority list as well, is being able to get to more ways to play like that. So again, not an if, but a when. Yeah, it's Just a when. there are some steps beforehand. Yep, exactly. That makes sense. Uh, that... I don't want to say that that's all the questions there are because they're they've been uh, they've been scrolling by pretty fast, but I think we've gotten to most of them. Um, how about this? What deck are you playing right now on Arena? Uh, mostly, I like to play limited on Arena. Mm -hmm. um, I played particularly in RNA. Uh, I, our uh, data guy actually pulled some numbers and. Uh, Shortly after RNA Sealed closed, uh, there were 23 people who had played more RNA Sealed than I had. Oh, <laughs> so I like to play a lot of Limited. I actually took uh, the Friday after War released mm -hmm. off so I could play a bunch of War Sealed, oh, um, which was really fun. That is dedication. I've, taken, uh, I've gotten to take days off before to you know, play key video game launches, but having it be the game that I'm working on mm -hmm. was pretty neat. Um, so play a lot of limited, and of course they all play whatever whatever's working in the pool. Yeah. Um, in constructed right now, I'm playing uh, Mardu Aristocrats. Okay. 
Um, so, you know, Judith, Cruel Celebrant, um, some, uh, you know, gutter bones and reassembling skeleton for the recursion there, mm -hmm. uh, Priest of the Forgotten Gods, some of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, generally, uh, Orzov or Golgari are going to be the colors that I'm playing around in. Okay. Um, so how, how often do you go to your stats guys and like, hey, tell me my win rate? How, no, how am I doing? No, I don't even want to know. Yeah. I don't even want to know that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. We answered the in-game chat question a little bit ago, and that's just, yeah. yeah. like, uh, uh, chatting with random players on Arena, that's not something that we really see happening. Yep. But, uh, when we get friends chatting with your friends, that's definitely going to be a thing you'll do. Yep. Yep. All right. I think, I think that is all the questions. So, um, thank you, Jay, for yeah. coming on. Uh, next week, we've got uh, M20 previews. So, Excellent. Yeah, so we're going to start talking about Core Set 2020, which, again, comes to Arena yep. on July 2nd. That's right. But you can pre-order it now. That's right. So you can pre-order the bundle and get the cool Chandra card, card cells, yep. backs, 50 packs. Uh, it's a pretty good deal. Um, but, yeah, July 2nd is when uh, yep. Core Set 2020 comes out. Next week, we're going to have Mark Hagen and Yanni Skolnick, I'm sorry if I butchered your last name, Yanni, uh, coming on to talk about Corset 2020, and we will preview a card here. Nice. Uh, the week after that, we're going to have, I'll call it a, a medium-sized announcement. That'll be interesting. I'm not going to say any more mm -hmm. about it, but two weeks from now, you'll definitely want to tune in for that. Uh, Steve will be back next week, so you won't have to just listen to me. <laughs> there will be other people with bad puns, and it's... You do you. Um, also, in the next two weeks, so not this weekend, but the following weekend, uh, starting on Friday, the 21st, is Mythic Championship 3, which is oh, yeah. big for you guys. Absolutely. Because that is our first Mythic Championship held entirely on Arena. We did the Mythic Invitational, but this is uh, the Mythic Championship. Uh, we've got 68 players mm -hmm. competing um, for a lot of prizes. Yeah. and uh, playing standard. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, right here on this channel, twitch.tv slash magic. Uh, and then also the Chronicles events mm -hmm. on Arena are ongoing right now. We've got a new one yeah. starting tomorrow, tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Yep. So that is the counters format. What is the counters format, Jay? Um, it's kind of a play off of sort of uh, combining uh, mechanics that are pretty close to proliferate in a mass. We had to structure them a little bit differently to make it work right as an emblem event. Yeah. But it's basically uh, playing off of that, so you'll want to have things that like to have counters. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of our sort of different takes on constructed deck building that we like to do. Also like the uh, Ravnica block, which is going to be following it for the next Chronicle. Yep. Um, just to, you know, give players a way to play something a little bit different, mm -hmm. way to see a different slice of the metagame and uh, Get try cool out. card styles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got some more of those stained glass uh, planeswalkers available there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, another thing to announce for the uh, upcoming Chronicles, if uh, players didn't see it already, uh, listen to some feedback from players there, and we're actually reducing the uh, top end win count from 15 to 10 okay. to get all of the rewards. So it's all the same kind of rewards that you were getting across 15 wins before, mm -hmm. but now compressed into 10 wins. So you can get uh, through and get all the rewards a little bit more quickly, a little more easily. Okay, very cool. Well, thank you, Jay. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, see you next week on Weekly MTG. All right.